Welcome to Mighty Creators, where we help creators create and monetize content. My name is Asim Jalis, your host. Our guest today is Joe Polizzi. Hey, Joe. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you here. So Joe is an entrepreneur, a speaker, author, and podcaster. He's the founder of multiple startups, including the Content Marketing Institute. He's also the author of a series of books on how to, <clears throat> excuse me, on how to create and monetize content, including Content Inc. So tell me more about the model that you have and the process that you have for people who want to get started with creating and monetizing content, but sure. are just at, uh, on day one right now. They, they don't have uh, any followers. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I've been, I've been in this industry for over 20 years now. So we've gone from, you know, web one, which was, you know, basically you've got your classified site, you've got your website where somebody's just looking for information. And then we went into web two, which was all about social networking and you had lots of creators. And then now we're moving into this bridge, this new thing, which a lot of people think there's so much content clutter out there, but there's more opportunity actually for content creators and entrepreneurs to do this than ever before, because we can use a lot of those new platforms and we can monetize in a lot of different ways. And I guess my recommendation for those getting into it is just to be very simple and precise with your strategy moving forward. And what a lot of content creators feel the pressure to do, and let's say they, they want to do a podcast or do webinars, or do be on TikTok, or Twitter, or Facebook group, or whatever else, whatever else, an email newsletter, a blog, they feel like they have to do everything. And that's actually the wrong approach. What we need to do is step back, simplify and say, all right, where can I be remarkable? Where can I deliver amazing information to one specific audience? And that's the opportunity because we can reach a very specific audience today. And that's where a small content creator can break through all the clutter because you've got larger companies that may not be focusing on a very small section. So be specific, be focused, and then just do one thing really well. So focus on that audience niche and then choose whatever. And this is where you have some personal choice in this matter where, you know, do you have a voice for radio? Do you want to do a podcast? Uh, are you really good on television? Maybe you want to do a YouTube series. Uh, maybe you're really good with social media and video. So maybe it's, it's TikTok, whatever it might be. You want to start by doing one thing really well and really focus first instead of what you want to sell or ultimately want to get out of it. Focus on what that audience is, who that audience is and what their needs are. And you'll usually do right by that audience and grow an audience from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you find, how do you figure out what a person's audience is? Like, how do I figure out how, what my audience is? And what is the, uh, how do I also, I mean, it's tricky because in the beginning, I might not get any signal for some period of time. Like maybe sure. I'm just pushing this stuff out. I'm not hearing back from anyone. So how do I know I'm on the right track or is, do I need to point my, podcast at a different audience. Sure. No, yeah, actually, you, first of all, you want to create some kind of hypothesis and you do that through two ways and we can talk about them in a little bit more detail, but you start with your sweet spot and then you move on to what we call the content tilt. So first of all, when you're starting this, nobody knows. You, there's no sure thing for this thing. I mean, when I started in 2007, it took about 20 months for us to really feel like we were doing something amazing. We built an audience, then three years, 
the financial started to come in and then, you know, six, seven years, we had a really successful exit, but it took a while to get there. Where did we have to start? So you start with on your side, what's your knowledge or skill area that you have a, an advantage over? So, and I would list those things. So all those things that you're knowledgeable about, all those things that you have some kind of a skill area, is it, is it public speaking? Uh, do you know something about engineering? Is it gaming? Uh, you know, what is it, is it uh, recipes? What, what is it that you have uh, some feel for that's over and above what a normal person, what a regular person would. And then on the other side, you think, okay, well, who does this make sense for? And that's where you want to spend a lot of time is who that audience is very specifically. I'll give you an example just to make it tangible. But when I left my um, executive position in 2006 to, to start what became Content Marketing Institute, I was like, okay, well, are we targeting marketing people? Well, marketing people, it's very, very broad. Okay, are we targeting marketing people that have something to do with content creation? Okay, that's much, much better. Very precise. Then I figure out, okay, what are their pain points? What keeps them up at night? And then I'm like, well, that's still not focused enough. And we said, okay, where can I be the leading expert in the world? I could be the leading expert in the world at focusing on complex content solutions for marketers in enterprise companies. So that's very, very specific. And that's what I want people to think about that are just getting started is who are you talking to? It's so... um, we, we, we get pulled in the direction that we think we have to have more people, a larger audience. So we want to go broader and you actually want to do the opposite. You want to go as niche as you possibly can. So you want to start there. That's your sweet spot. And then the, the second thing is you want to spend a lot of time on figuring out what your content tilt is. And your content tilt is that area of differentiation that you have a chance to break through all that clutter. So think about what's your hook. What's the why? Why should people listen? Is it because you're so focused on this audience and nobody else is? Is it because you're on a platform and nobody's talking about what you're talking about on TikTok or on a Twitch stream? Is it because um, you have an amazing sense of humor and you're funny and and nobody talking to engineers is funny? And so you get an audience that is because you set up the show in a certain way. Um, You know, Robert Rose and I started this old marketing podcast back in 2013. I think that was successful in a lot of ways because of the setup. We basically argue back and forth for 50 minutes about marketing news. Nobody was doing that before. Now a lot of people are doing it, but at the time, nobody was doing that. So yeah, I really have to think of what sets you apart because yes, there's a big opportunity today, but there's also a lot of clutter. How do you break through that clutter, figure out what that content tilts us? Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a great framework. And I think when I read your book, it, it really uh, turned on a lot of lights for me because I was, because you have this path, like all the way from the beginning to ending up with a blog or a, or a podcast that's monetizing, that's monetized and kind of building the, the audience as well as the, the sponsors or the affiliate links and how you, how you grow those. So uh, and but just to drill down a little bit more into sure. the initial stage, which is building the audience, how do you? Is there a process for figuring out the tilt, or how? What are some ways of brainstorming what an appropriate tilt might be? Uh, yeah, th- so what you want to do is hopefully you do some research. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I love a tool like Google Trends. Google Trends is a free tool, and I used it when we made the decision to go with the term content marketing. I use that as a decision-making tool that decided us to, to made, a, made me think that there was an opportunity there. So just some background. 
the industry at the time was called custom media, custom publishing. So when I looked at all the searches around those areas and they were, you know, flat, there wasn't a lot of growth there. And then I looked at content marketing. It looked like a new area and there was an opportunity to go in there. It's very small. Not a lot of people were searching for it, but Google Trends was telling me, oh, there's some interest. There's some growing interest there. And I'm like, oh, content marketing for marketers, maybe custom publishing isn't the term. And so we went that direction. So that's Google Trends, really good tool. It'll tell you uh, where some of the hot trends are going, new searches around your area. So I definitely want to look at that kind of information. Um, Another area might be, you know, talk to your customers in some way, talk to that audience. So do you know anybody? So you know, we talked about the sweet spot and figuring out what your audience's desire is. So who is that audience? And then can you go out and find out what they're talking about? So can you, do you, can you email them? Can you find them on Discord server? Can you uh, find them on hashtags on Twitter? Is there a Facebook group around that? Get involved in those communities and find out what those people are talking about. And you just learn so much. Like the, our new business is called The Tilt. And we have a Discord server where we have about 600 of our readers that are a part of that group. And they're talking all the time. I learned so much from that group. We, we get almost all of our content ideas from their struggles. They're saying, this is where we need more information. We want to know more about how do we, how do we monetize an audience? And what about creator coins? Is that a thing? And web three, and we're talking about all these new things. I'm just watching that. I'm just sitting back. And so you want to do what we call setting up these listening posts, these, this area to gain information about your audience as much as possible. So the more information you have about your audience, the, the better your content tilt will probably be, the more solidified because you understand the audience more than anyone else. And I guess that's the challenge, right? If you understand your audience more than anyone else, you can find an area of differentiation that can break through and get their attention in some way. So that's really where I would start that. Mm-hmm. And then the simplified next step is then you pick that channel. So I would spend where a lot of content creators go wrong is they just start the blog or start the podcast, which is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. the first you know many months, you're trying to figure it out anyways. You don't think you know what you're doing. There's imposter syndrome, all kinds of stuff that, that's going on. But what we really want to do is spend some time on strategy first and then figure out what makes the most sense from picking that, you know, that one channel that's going to be your core channel. Mm. So that's sort of the third step. So you have the sweet spot, you have the content tilt, and then you've got building your base. So what is that base? Is that going to be an email newsletter? Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be a blog based on your own personal preference, your own gifts that you have and where the audience is at online? Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So one other uh, question I had was uh, how do you figure out when to give up? Like, just because I, I feel like, especially at the beginning, it's like the hockey stick. Things are, you know, it's going to grow exponentially, but that exponential curve looks kind of like just a flat curve, like a flat line at the beginning. So, sure. well, that's a great question. Uh, we just did some research at the tilt. And what we found out is that in general, for a content creator who wants to build a business around this, it takes nine months to get the first dollar. So think about that for a second. So nine months to first dollar, that means it takes in general nine to 12 to 15 months to build an audience to a point that you can monetize it. So first of all, we have to start out with those expectations. If you're going into it as a content creator and you think that, oh, I'm going to hit a million followers on TikTok in three weeks, and then we're going we're <laughs> gonna to go to YouTube from there and whatever. It's, I'm not saying it's not impossible. I know some people that have done it, but those are the one percenters. 
99% of the people that have built long-term businesses, it takes nine to 12 to 15 to 18 months to get there. So you have to have patience. And sometimes you don't know until, you know, you, you won't know until you get to a point where you've, you've had that consistency, you're out there long enough, you're building an audience. So along the way, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're talking to your audience at all times. A really good thing to, let's say you have an email, email newsletter, put questions in every one of those email newsletters. If you have a podcast like you do, put some questions out there ongoing, make sure you get some listener feedback whenever you can ask for reviews. Those are the types of things we want to get because for the first nine to 12 months, it's all going to be qualitative. It's all going to be feel, and that's going to keep you going because you're not going to have what we call a minimum viable audience or an audience that's at a point when you can monetize it. So you're kind of going by gut feel. So get Mm -hmm. there. And then what we do know that is if you go, you know, the, the most successful content entrepreneurs are the ones that make it through that. Most people don't succeed because they give up because it is difficult. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about hockey, that hockey stick growth. It was that way with us. So we did a, basically a blog. That's all we did for 22 months. We didn't know for sure if we had anything. Once we hit that 22-month mark, then we really started to go up. And we went from losing money the first three years to being a multi-million dollar company a year later. Who knew, right? But once you get that audience that starts to know, like, and trust you, then you can open up all the different monetization Mm -hmm. categories, if you will, and options and revenue drivers. So I would just make sure that you stay close to that audience. And what happens in a lot of cases as well is you might start with an idea and you might say, oh, there's our content tilt. And then you'll start to learn more about your audience that you didn't know before. And then you'll pivot a little bit. And that, and that's, and that happened to us at that 22 month mark where we were building that audience, but we really, that's when we pivoted up to enterprise audience. Hmm. We didn't say, no, not all content marketers. We're targeting to content marketers and enterprises. And that's when it really took off because <laughs> nobody was doing that. So as long as you keep listening to your audience, good things will happen. You just have to be patient. Yeah. And that's a great example of that. Uh, And I mean, it sounds what you're saying is that that initial period is when when you're flatlining, it's really an opportunity to understand the audience and and fine tune that sweet spot. So you're so that as you get closer and closer to where the uh, the audience is really connecting with the content, that's that's going to then be the path that will then you can put the tilt on it and, and well, yeah, I know it's a great point. A good, good, uh, good example of a a small content creator at the time was Jay bear. So Jay bear today is an international speaker. He's amazing, really well-known for social media. He started a blog. This is years ago, 13 years ago about email. So he was talking about email, whatever he did one post on social media and it took off. How did he know that? Because he got a lot of responses to that, a lot more people sharing it. He looked at his uh, Google Analytics and the thing just took off and he's like, okay, there might be something here. He tried a couple, tested a a couple more times. The social media posts just really, people were hungry for that kind of knowledge. So he pivoted over to becoming a social media blog and then everything just took off from there. Best-selling, New York Times best-selling books, things went crazy. So that's where if you you could start something and say, I think I've got it. And then if you really look at the content that's resonating, then you might say, oh, now I've really found something. Mm. Right. And so can you talk a little bit more about your own pivot where you initially were just doing content marketing and then you, sure. how did you figure out how 
that the sweet spot was really with enterprise uh, content marketing. Yeah. So I, a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but I really believe that every content creator should ask themselves if they can be, be the leading informational provider over their niche. It's a really good way to get to a small enough audience where you can really provide some value. So I, and we do that all the time with us at Content Marketing Institute. So we're looking at it. And then, you know, one, one day in 2009, we're looking at it and we had a lot of competition specifically from software companies like HubSpot that had lo- much larger budgets than ours that were putting a lot of information. They weren't calling it content marketing. They were calling it inbound marketing, but they were really focused on small and medium-sized businesses. And we were focusing on all size businesses. And we looked at it, we got the team together and we had to look ourselves in the mirror and say, can we be the leading informational ex- experts on content marketing, knowing what we know now? And the answer was no, we, we couldn't compete with a company like a HubSpot and Marketo and other marketing automation companies out there that were putting so much millions of dollars into this area that we were trying to cover and be an educational resource. We're like, we got to do something. And then we really look, we analyzed what we were doing and looked at our Google Analytics and talked to our audience. And we realized a lot of our audience were content creators at larger companies. We realized that we could talk about those types of issues differently than to small and medium-sized companies. We knew that those, like the HubSpots of the world, were going to focus on small businesses. They weren't going to go up to enterprise. And we're like, oh, I think there's an opportunity here. And then we said, what if we did the same thing? but said, okay, instead of just content marketing solutions, complex content marketing solutions to enterprise marketers. And then we said, yes, we can be the leading experts in the world at that. If we deliver consistently over focused platforms, remarkable information. And so that's when we made that pivot and it changed everything for us in the focus. And, you know, then we were like, okay, well, should we do an event? And we wanted to do an event and get, we were hoping for a hundred people to come to Cleveland, Ohio in 2011 and 600 people showed up a couple of years later, there were 4,000 there. We had the largest in-person event around this issue. And that, and the big difference maker was making that pivot to enterprise marketers. So it's just by listening and mm. seeing and looking at the competition that's out there. So, you know, if you, if, if you can look at yourself and say, are we the leading expert? Or if we execute this strategy, can we be the leading provider? If the answer is no, go more niche, go deeper, pivot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like a incremental process. Like it's it's not that you know from the beginning exactly where to go. You're just plodding along, but you're also listening and trying to figure out which way to turn uh Yeah, and and you're you and you're just starting out. I mean, when I look back when I first started blogging in in April 2007, those blog posts are terrible. I mean, there's every the everything we did, I look back. I know we were just learning. We didn't know when we you know, and you, you, it takes you six, nine, 12 months to really find your, uh, find your spot, uh, find the thing that makes the most sense, find the type of post, the type of content that really works. So it's, it is a good time to test as long as you're doing it consistently. Um, I would absolutely look at, you've got nothing to lose at this point. So you want to make sure that you're practicing, you're practicing being a content entrepreneur when you first start out. So go ahead and practice, um, but do it on one, I would do it on one channel at a time uh, and just pick a couple social channels because, I mean, as we talked about before, the content creators that go out there and want to be all things to all people, you just don't have the resources when you're just starting out to do that. So where can you put 
most attention and really learn a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is a good example. Like if you were going to say, I'm going to start an, a daily Instagram show and you're going to put that, there's so much complexity involved in doing that. People think it's easy. There's so many things with hashtags and when you publish and how you publish and the look and the feel that um, it takes a while for you to become an expert on just that platform. So invest the time in the platform that makes sense for you. And then you'll, you know, hopefully in six to nine months, you'll have some good feedback. Mm-hmm. Now, with that example of you figuring out that it was like the larger enterprises that were the sweet spot for uh, Content Marketing Inc., is the, um, was that the tilt? Like, what, what's the tilt? What was the tilt in your case? That- yeah, we had, that's a good question. We had two. I mean, the, the, the initial tilt when was, we're following the model was renaming the content area to be content marketing. We were the first to come out April 24th, 2007. I came out with a blog post that said, why content marketing? And, and basically addressing, we were making the decision to go all in on this term. And after that, we just acted like it always was the term. It is the term. It's the de facto term. So we would just say content marketing, content marketing, content marketing. We put a lot of fo- focus on that. We worked our partner relationships to get them focused on content marketing and it all worked out. So content marketing was the first one. And then of course we got to 2009 and realized, oh, okay, well that first one worked pretty well. It got us, you know, past the past first base. We're headed into second base. We're feeling pretty good about things. Now what do we do? Then we had to go and change our focus on the audience to go more niche. So those are the two things. And then that took us into today. I mean, I'm, we, you know, my wife and I exited the business in 2016 at Content Marketing Institute, but still today, that's their focus. Content, uh, complex content marketing solutions for enterprise marketers. They have not changed that focus. So apparently it's still working for them. Mm. Fantastic. So yeah, you would continually focus. I mean, with uh, change that, I mean, with um, with the tilt, with our new business, our our tilt or our, our content tilt was about focusing on this thing called the content entrepreneur. Nobody really used content entrepreneur. It was always content creator or creator economy. We're like, well, what do we call it a content entrepreneur? Let's go that direction. Now I'm feeling that's not enough. So we're really focusing on being the bridge between web two and web three, because there's a lot of web two creators on these social platforms that don't understand community coins, uh, NFTs, what's going on with uh, with decentralized autonomous organizations, all those types of things that Web2 creators need to get into. And we feel we can be that bridge because our audience is very Web2 focused. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's not. We'll continue to work on it. But right now, that's sort of what we're we're focusing on. And, and that's just from, you know, keeping your ear to the ground. Yeah. Now, uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about was monetization because- sure. At what point do you decide, like if you're building out this, let's say you start out with just figuring out your sweet spot, you pivot a few times, figure out your tilt, and you gradually start getting some response from the audience and you build up, you start building up a, a follower account. So what's a good time to start thinking about monetization? So there's there's a couple answers to that. The real life answer is you need revenue as quickly as possible. You have bills to pay, you have things to do. We we definitely want revenue. The real the the uh, the strategic answer to that is you want to set a goal of what is your minimum viable audience, or basically you want to create a heads down audience goal. So you're so focused on the needs of the audience and you're not desperate to get revenue. And that's an important 
thing to do because when as soon as you start thinking about revenue in your strategy, you 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 take your eye off the ball a little bit with content creation. Nothing wrong with it. That's the that's the whole part of the business we're creating because ultimately we want to build an audience, we want to monetize that audience. It makes perfect sense. But we want to stay in audience building mode as long as we possibly can. So my recommendation is cut your expenses down to nothing. You know, my wife calls it the, the bologna and ramen noodle years. You know, that's pretty much what we lived on. We went from two cars to one car. You know, not I mean, we weren't roughing it rough and down, but we really did cut our expenses down so that we could go as long as possible because our minimum viable audience was 10,000 email subscribers. And we wanted to get to 10,000 and we felt 10,000 was the number because we knew we could pick up sponsors because in a business to business newsletter, I came from publishing. We know that 10,000 is a really solid email newsletter list amount that you could charge something substantial for. So pick your number. So if it's a YouTube channel on your B2B, you know, is it 10,000? Um, followers or, or subscribers on that channel. If it's an email newsletter, is it 5,000? If it's consumer and your Instagram, is it 50,000 followers? You know, really get a feel. Hopefully you'll know the other creators in your category. You can see what they're doing. And then um, you want to start with one that will make the most sense. What's the lowest hanging fruit? It's probably advertising sponsorship. I hate to say it. I'm not the biggest fan of that category, but it is. It's You have a lot of people that are willing to advertise uh, they're probably already in your audience, hopefully. Um, so you can start to, you know, on your show, you can ask for that it's for sponsorship, whatever. And then what we know is successful content creators have at least four different revenue sources. And we talk about in the content Inc. book, there's, there's basically eight different ways that you can monetize your content. So you want to start thinking, what are all those opportunities that make sense for me? Is it advertising sponsorship? Can I have my own event? Is it an online event? Is it an in-person event? Could I basically, could I charge paid subscription for some premium piece of content that I have? Maybe it's a book or an ebook or an audio book. Maybe you have such an amazing mission that people want to donate like a Wikipedia or a Mother Jones site where you could actually take donations. Um, So these are the types of things, or you mentioned before, like an affiliate program where you can um, work with different partners and if people click on those links and buy products and services from your partners, you get a kickback or a percentage on those types of things. Or maybe you want to sell your own products and services. Like at the Tilt, we just launched our own merchandise and we're starting to generate some good revenue off of selling, you know, mugs and t-shirts and those types of things. It's a good starter way to go to build some revenue, or maybe it's consulting services, or maybe you're doing um, a class or a course or some membership group. There's lots of different things Mm -hmm. to do, but you want to start with one, get one going, and then you want to start adding every six to nine months, add a new component. Because when you get to four or five or six years, you probably have about 10 different revenue sources. And you want that just like you have a stock portfolio and you don't want to just hold one stock. You want many different stocks and bonds and crypto, and you want to be well diversified. You want the same thing to happen for your different revenue strings that you're going to pull with the business model. Great. Yeah, that sounds, that's a great, uh, great response. So, uh, well, thank you, Joe. It was uh, great talking to you. A lot of very helpful information. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Mighty Creators. If you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe.